This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the National Biodiesel Board. Biodiesel supports more than $11 billion in economic activity and 60,000 U.S. jobs. Visit americasadvancedbiofuel.com for more. Good Monday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. Former top U.S. trade officials are taking issues with the Trump administration's bilateral heavy trade approach. Six former U.S. trade representatives all voiced their caution about preferring bilateral over multilateral agreements. Carla Hill served as the USTR under President George H.W. Bush. She says adding more countries usually leads to a better agreement. My own view is that uh, bilateral are more difficult in the sense that uh, when you have more people around the table, one of you, party A, puts something on the table that I want, but B wants it more and is willing to put something bigger on the table so I get the benefit. And so the more people you have that, who are putting their wishes on the table and the more people you have who are willing to pay, but you get the benefit, that's a plus. Reagan administration USTR William Brock says a global trading system has to be built on broad agreement. It has to have rules, it has to have certain objectives, standards, it has to be a place where we can get disputes settled amicably under the set of rules. You don't do that on a bilateral basis. Bilateral means that we can use our, our muscle, our heft to impose on somebody else. But unless we have a common interest around which we build the system, you don't have a system at all, you got chaos. And the ability to impose our will is gonna create a disaster. George W. Bush administration trade representative Susan Schwab did note the Trump administration's tariff actions have China's attention, but said those same tariffs and the standalone approach the U.S. is using has shown harm to the American economy. The Environmental Protection Agency is exploring possible partial small refinery exemptions under the renewable fuel standard. The agency has come under scrutiny for the way it issued the waivers under former Administrator Scott Pruitt. Under the new acting Administrator Andrew Wheeler, the waivers are expected to continue, but he has stated a desire to bring more transparency to the process. Biofuel groups have even sued over the agency's use of waivers. But moving to partial waivers would bring about legal questions of its own, says Bracewell Energy lobbyist Scott Siegel. I think the agency would be on very shaky legal ground if it were to prejudge the outcomes and select an arbitrary size for the uh, relief allowed under an SRE. So, so for example, if you said, we're going to calculate this out, figure out what the waiver number is, and then we're just going to cut it in half, cut it by 50%, that would almost certainly be arbitrary and capricious. Growth Energy CEO Emily Score told reporters on Monday the group wants to know who is getting the waivers. Our concern is twofold. It's who's getting these exemptions and should they be getting exemptions? Then, uh, then on the other hand, it's okay, but regardless, by statute, you should be reallocating. In a statement to AgriPulse, an EPA spokesman said the issue is subject of ongoing discussions within the administration. Sunday marked the end of the summer ban on E15 sales, and there's still no word from the administration about a potential reed vapor pressure waiver that could fix the issue. Score says she'll be concerned if she hasn't heard something by election day. Finally today, Reuters is reporting that ethanol producer Green Plains plans to shut down two ethanol plants in Iowa, but a company spokesman refutes the characterization that the decision is based on low profit margins. In an email to AgriPulse, 
Jim Stark with Green Plains said the company has temporarily idled their Superior, Iowa plants, and the Lakota, Iowa, and Fairmont, Minnesota plants are running. Those three plants were referenced in the Reuters report, with the Superior and Lakota plants targeted for shutdown, and the Fairmont plant is said to be headed toward running at half capacity. Stark did not address future plans for those facilities. Stark says Green Plains takes plants down for maintenance twice a year, and the fall shutdown is just around the corner. Now, here's Jeff Nally with a word from our sponsor. Imagine turning soybean oil, used cooking oil, and waste animal fats into fuel so amazing it supports more than $11 billion in economic activity. That's biodiesel. An American-made fuel transporting goods across the country, heating homes, and driving our economy forward. Biodiesel, the American innovation driving more than 60,000 U.S. jobs. Visit americasadvancedbiofuel.com for more information. That's all for today's AgriPulse Drive Time. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.